0: Unmeasured, vast and free That knew me turns me from my selfish pride to love the cross on which you died.
1: this morning and uh, appreciate your faithfulness as you as we're here together let's uh, turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 17 it's good to see it's good to see Pete song leading again it's been a while and uh, enjoyed his song choices this morning I think we were we were trying to hint all week all the deacons I'm sure sent in their requests but um, but it's a good, good time just singing and, and giving praise to the Lord. Uh, Luke 17, and we're going to read, uh, we've read verses 1 to 10. And, you know, I think about the, the disciples here as they were, were, were just listening to what, what Jesus had given them. And I think about maybe how they started off their journey a little bit, and no doubt, uh, having discovered that this is Jesus, this is the Messiah, the, the Lord, there would have been a, a real sense of expectation of what was to come. And you know, that life's like that a little bit. You, you enter into new stages of life and there's great expectations, there's great hope for what it could be. And, and yet, what we all know when we go through and journey in life a little bit, that actually life in every season and in every stage, however, hopeful we are, there's always those things that are challenging. You know, sometimes we think, about, um, we think about our children, and, you know, sometimes you sit with your kids and they tell you, oh, life, I'm so tired, it, things are so hard, and, and you, you look at them and you go, just wait till you're my age, right? And yet you bring yourself back to when you were their age, and life was tough for them at that point. And they're always looking to the new stage. Oh, I can't wait till I get my license. And then you discover you get your license and then you've got to fill up petrol, right? There's always these different challenges. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we, we get to experience in life and we get to look forward to, but it's always paired with those responsibilities and those challenges. And it just seems to be just life gets harder and harder at times. You know, each season brings an each, uh, each res- new responsibility and uh, each time we, we seem to uh, have gone past one stage of our lives, we're going into one and we discover those things that we didn't know, those things that we didn't understand, those things that now we're having to learn. And, and yet when you look at all of that, you know, the, really the only way at times that we, we've been over to, able to overcome is really grace but we've also needed an amount of faith. And I think about what, what the disciples just heard from Jesus. He begins in verse 1, and he says unto the disciples, It is impossible, that, but that offenses will come. He's saying, you know, the, the general rule of life is that there's going to be those things that will offend you. There will be those things that are offensive There will be those things that will come across your path that won't be savory, they'll be unsavory. And then he says, if if it were were better for them that a millstone were hanged about his neck, he's talking about those who would offend. But then he says in verse 3, take heed to yourselves if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. He's saying, you know, there's going to be relational complications and you're going to be someone that's going to have to exercise forgiveness all the time. And you and I know that, that at times it is difficult to forgive. There are times when we, there's complications in life and you go through it in life and he's really putting that in the context of, of their stewardship of the, this calling that they had. And, and no doubt then it, it just makes sense that when they heard all of that, their response was to the Lord, increase our faith. We need more. We understand now okay there's there's all of these things that we're going to have to deal with. there's going to be all of these these, these difficulties and 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 their their response to the Lord is measured in this they said increase our faith and I, I think that's a good thing, but the response of Jesus is really in their request to increase their faith is really instructive for us because at times you know when we we are going through life and there is a measure of discomfort and challenge, and there, there is before us those things that God reveals is just part of the journey and part of this new season that we're in and this new responsibility that we have. That often our our response to God is give me more, help me more, increase my faith. And yet Jesus' response in all of that just tells us that actually there's no Magic solution. There's nothing instant about life. That suddenly you get into this 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 realization that this new season in your life and this new challenge and this new responsibility comes with it. Some of the some of the minefields and some of the uh, the dangerous situations and some of those things that can can even at times derail us. And there's nothing that we can do apart from what Jesus teaches us here. And help us realize and what we find in these couple of chapters of scripture is really Jesus is teaching them about their stewardship and right through in chapter 16 and chapter 17 Jesus uses some parables to teach on stewardship and to teach on, on, on what we're supposed to do with what God gives us and we see there in to the disciples the parable of the unjust steward. He speaks to the Pharisees and he speaks about the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And then to the disciples, again, he's going to talk about the parable of the unprofitable servant. And he's teaching all of that to, to talk uh, to, and teach them some principles about how they're supposed to deal with life. How, how they're supposed to deal with the things that God has put before them. And the question was in response to their stewardship. They're saying to Jesus, this is what we have. There's going to be offenses. There's going to be a need for us to forgive daily. And he's, their, their response is increase our faith. And perhaps overwhelmed by the responsibility and the realization of it. And I wonder if you've ever been there before. I wonder if you've ever been overwhelmed with something. You know, again, I remember my first uh, first time uh, I went through the whole process of you know becoming, training to be to be uh, someone in the ministry and all of that. And then suddenly I had the opportunity to actually serve and I was excited about that and then went through all of that as an associate pastor and, and eventually uh, was put in as the senior pastor. And I remember my first time, all of, the, all of the excitement of all of that quickly disappeared when my first Sunday, I got a letter under the door. And you know what it was? It was one of those letters it was an anonymous letter, right? Who likes getting anonymous letters, right? Unless there's a, a, a blank check attached, no one likes anonymous letters, right? And it was one of those, and it was already after one whole Sunday, they had worked me out and all of my deficiencies, and they had already written, you know, you're going to do this and you're going to do that, and because of that, the church is going to be this and this and this. And you, you imagine, they, they, they immediately, after one Sunday of being the pastor, all of the excitement went out the window. <laughs> this is life. That's the reality. And at times we're going to go through and all we can sometimes is put our hand up and say, Lord, increase my faith. But, you know, there's, there's just something about faith. Actually, there's not, it doesn't just happen. There's nothing instant. In that moment, even though I desired it, in that moment, even though the disciples desired it, Jesus had a response for them. And, and, and here's their, his response. Notice in verse 6, he says, And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. And, and you know, they're asking for an increase in their faith, and then he he gives them an illustration. He says, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Now, you know, in that day, it was a common saying in that region of the world that when something was minute and its smallest, there would be compared to a grain of mustard seed. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it is pretty tiny, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just barely a millimeter. And he's saying to them, if you have even little faith, He's saying even if you have a grain of mustard seed, it's the smallest unit of comparison in their day. He's saying you can do this. And he's beginning to help them understand something about faith that I think we need to understand as well. That, that, you know, it's not just about the amount of faith or an increase of faith. It's that that you just would have faith. And what what we're going to see in a little while is that actually there's just an expectation from the Lord that as we go through life, that actually the, the key to it is that we would just apply faith. That, 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 that increase that we desire actually comes through a process. That, that increase of our faith is actually something that is a consequence of applying faith. And Jesus then shares this parable of this, unjust, uh, this unprofitable servant, and he continues after this, this picture of a mustard seed, he says, But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, By and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meat'?" So he's worked all day. This, this man was, uh, in, in that day, the servant. And, you know, it's not like today where if you come into an employment, there's a contract or there's some sort of descriptor of the, the, the parameters of your duties, you have a job description. It wasn't like that in that day. If you were, if you were a servant, you were to do whatever the master said. Whoever was your, your owner, whoever was your master, he didn't, he didn't give you a job description. He just said, no, you have duties. And these are your duties. And whatever I say is your duty. And, and he's saying that he's worked all day and now he's going to go and he's going to sit down to meat. It says, And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. So he's not only going to work all day, this, this fellow, my servant, is going to come, and he's going to lay out the table before me, and, and perhaps those things that he, he, uh, he had harvested, those things that he had, uh, he had uh, butchered for the day, was the thing that he was going to serve. So he had already worked to grow these things, but he was also going to work to be able to prepare these things for his master. And notice then he says, Then you can eat. And then he says, and will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup. And then notice verse nine doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? He says, I try not. He says, I don't think so. Saying there's an expectation. He says, so likewise, ye, when ye shall have done all those things which I commanded you, say. And notice what he says, we are unprofitable servants. That means you're ne- neither lost nor gained. You've just come out break even. You've just come out how you should have been. And he's saying that we're unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. And he- he's not belittling the servant. He's not saying that the servant was worthless. He's not saying that the servant was someone to look down upon. No, he was saying, no, the servant just did what he was commanded to do. It wasn't anything more. You know, it's like sometimes, sometimes we, our kids, you watch it, they only ever get motivated when there's something in it for them, right? Sometimes you've got to bribe your kids to submission, and sometimes you sort of go, you know, if, if you do this, then you will get this reward. And you have to go the extra, when actually, you know, part of their responsibility is what you would expect of them. And in that duty, in that command of that you give them, there's not, there's not really, you know, you show gratitude, but there's not really any more thankworthiness in that, because it's just an expectation. And, and you know, sometimes it's like that with with us we, we only ever want we only ever want to continue on if, if God somehow increases us if somehow he will show us in a in in practical terms in visible terms uh, the the increase in our lives and and yet so much of the christian life if you really think about it is lived in the unseen so much of the christian life is just lived in the silence and in the just going through and just doing what we're supposed to do. And, and sometimes there, there's, there's an attitude in us that, you know, if we would only continue if we would just have an increase. But, and yet, what, what Jesus is trying to teach them is that actually faith isn't designed that way. Faith, in its, in its essence, is already designed to increase. You think about the very concept of faith is that it is to increase. Just by its nature, you know, a seed is not worth anything if it can't be planted and it can't grow. Right, that's the picture that God gives of His response to increase our faith. He's saying, no, it's a mustard seed. It's the smallest thing, and yet, what does a seed do? If you apply it the way a seed is supposed to be applied it can't help itself, it's going to grow. And you know what, the, the mustard plant in that day was actually considered a, a weed. It just was everywhere. When a mustard seed fell on the ground, it couldn't help it, it just spread and it just was a nuisance. You know, the other day we moved to, to our, our, our place and there was, a, there was a, a really overgrown garden, they would call it, we loosely we'd say garden, Right? But it was just plants that were just growing everywhere in, the, in our front yard. And, and thankfully, a, a lot of the men came and came to the res- rescue. They brought their axes. They brought their, their chainsaws. And uh, Shada even brought his bobcat and, and dug that whole thing out. And, and one of the men said, you know, this is a, a leopard tree. And it will mess up your, your plumbing. And, and I said, I don't particularly like it, so let's remove it. But boy, the effort, and you know, I think about the effort to remove that. But you know, for that tree, it was effortless to grow. It just was there, and it was designed to grow, and it was designed to spread, and it was designed that way. And, you know what Jesus is teaching about faith is that it's just designed to increase. It's just that if you apply it, it just can't help it but increase. It can't help but spread like that mustard plant it can't help it. And, and that, that was considered as a, as a wild weed. You know, in fact, the, the Bible likens the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 13 to a mustard seed. You know, the kingdom of heaven, biblically, doctrinally, speaking about a political kingdom, it's a, speaking about a physical kingdom. And he's saying there that you know, the, the one day we're going to see the fruition of that. But right now, the seeds are being planted. Right now, those seeds of faith and those seeds that, that we sometimes don't have much, uh, much estimation of, that's just happening right as we speak. It just, it just naturally it will occur. It's just going to come about. And, and, you know, so many times we, we, we try to factor in different things, and, you know, we, we talk a little bit about vision, and we've spoken, and, and maybe you take the time this week, and you're going to look at that. There's some big things we're asking God for. There's some things we want to ambition for the Lord. There's some things that as I prayed and as I've sought and I've sat down with others and I've talked through what the potential of this place can be and, and, and your potential for the Lord, there's some things there that I think, you know, God can do that through us. And some of us will go away from here and go, how? And here's what I'm going to tell you. You just have to apply some faith. Because when you apply some faith, it can't help it but grow. The problem is, though, we don't apply faith. The problem is though we're intimidated by the difficulty of life. The problem is, though, those offenses will come. The problem is, though, those those times where we're going to have to forgive and there's going to be those complications of life and there's going to be those challenges of life. And here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have a faith that's grain of a mustard seed. And you know what that's going to do? It's just going to increase. It'll happen if we apply it. You know, there's many other pictures of faith in the Bible. Faith is pictured as a warfare. Faith is a pictured as a foundation. Faith is a pictured as a journey with steps to follow. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is evidence of things unseen. And 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 faith is at times pictured and 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 shown as something that has a starting point but has an eventual eventual ending point. There's a, there's, a, there's a process and progress in faith. And I want to say that, that faith, when it comes down to it, is a starting point. Now, we learned a little bit about that last Sunday evening. We all get a start, don't we? And faith is a starting point. And your journey in this life will only ever increase if you start out in faith. Now, the Bible tells us, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And I want to tell you the great void in your life is that, that, that void that can only be made up by faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you're here this morning and you're looking at your life and you want some increase and you want to be furthered and you want to see some satisfaction in your life, I want to tell you that the first place you've got to start, you've got to start in faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's many who will try to find that that increase in religion. There's many who will find that increase in just the satisfaction of this world. And what they'll find is in all of that, there's a hole. In all of that, there's no actual value. And they're going to find eventually that in all of that, it's just empty and vain. But I want to tell you, the thing that will increase in your life is that faith, because faith is designed to increase. And maybe today you would make that decision to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And so it's a starting point. All of the pictures that we spoke about, the seed, warfare, that foundation, that substance, that evidence, all of these have a common theme of being a starting point and having an end goal in sight. And you know, when it comes to your life as God's people, if you're a Christian today, God has sees the end from the beginning. He sees what is expected in your life. He sees all of the different challenges. He sees that as you follow Him and you apply faith in your life, there's going to be some things that He will reveal and some things that He'll allow you to go through all for the express purpose of bringing you along to your end point. And all of this is telling us that faith possessed, it's good enough to start, but it's also what we need for the journey. It's what God will, will do in our lives. It's God's intent. And, and again, if you think of that, of that mustard seed, of that seed, when you plant it, it's not, it's not going to stay that way. And when you apply faith, it won't stay that way. It'll develop and it'll grow. It'll just do its thing. It'll just be that, 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 that very thing that will come in your life and it'll just grow in your life. And you know, with the right conditions... With faith applied, just a small seed can become a mighty tree. And it's designed that way. We took a, a little bit of a holiday a couple of years ago for our 10th anniversary, and we, we got to go to, uh, to San Francisco for a, a few days. And we, we decided we'd go to some national parks, and one particular one had these mighty redwoods. and I forget what the national park um it's called, but we, we drove there, and unfortunately, um, it was so busy and so popular, we didn't realize you had to make a booking to go into a national park. But I remember driving there, and already as we were driving towards that, that particular area uh, of, the, of the states, there was all these gigantic trees. And you think about the, the, how massive, and o- over the years, it's just, it's just been, it's just grown and grown and grown to the point that some of these trees you can literally drive through, right? They're, they're that sturdy and that established. And yet, it's just, again, it's just amazing to think that all of those trees started with a little seed that was planted in the ground. You know, I think about all of the great works that God has done. I, I, some I've traveled and I've seen. Some we read about in history books. Some we maybe... Are sitting next to the person, then they have a, a great story to tell of how God, you know where that started? It started with a bit of faith. It started with just faith, believing in God, believing in what He said. And, and He's saying there that you know, if you're gonna go through and you're gonna recognize some things, you know, faith is designed to increase. It just needs to be applied. And, and you know what increase actually is? It's really a consequence. It's really something that is produced out of just applying faith. And the question the disciples phrased is one that we, we at times ask as well. We ask, Lord, give me more. Lord, help me with this because it's, it's overwhelming. And, and Jesus' response to all of this it wasn't an amount. You know, the, the question they asked was increase, and, you know, we're thinking of an amount. But it wasn't. It was an illustration of something really small. And the point is, it's not about how much we have, but how we use it, and how we nurture it, and how we apply it, and then the increase of that is a consequence. See, faith is not some sort of level up. You know, the funniest thing was seeing Pastor Shemesh do the Super Mario thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) I never thought I'd see him do that, but... You know I, I look at all of that, and sometimes we imagine some things in our lives like we just we'll just hit a, a certain point and we'll just level up and in and, and in many ways, if we just would apply faith, if we would just uh, allow it to do its work in our lives, then then it's just a continual growing increase will just be a consequence. It's not some sort of ranking system of attainment, it's about just having that faith and nurturing, and along the way, as we follow God's design, it will increase. Yeah, I, I think about the, the, the first time I read through my Bible. We had a challenge in, in, our, in the church I grew up in, and it, we had, it was, a, it was a, basically a church plant at that time. We hadn't, hadn't really, uh, we had just been established for a year, and the pastor said, hey, we're going to do a, a challenge, we're going to do a Bible reading challenge, and I was 12 years old, and I thought, wait, hey, that sounds good. And, and what it was, was you just, honesty system, you had a chart, and you would just mark out how many chapters of the Bible you read that week. And each week, you would stand up and say, I read this much, and we had a, we had a, a chart to follow, follow that, and, and I remember just, just being motivated that way, and, and I remember that for the first time really reading my Bible. I wasn't just reading it you know, because, because I had to read it that morning, mum and dad were watching, but I just, I was motivated to actually read it. I remember reading through it and coming to the end and feeling nothing. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, all, the only satisfaction personally was that I was getting up there in the charts, right? And, and so I remember reading it, but you know, I thought I'd read it again. And I read it a second time and I remember learning more things, then I read it the third time and I remember reading it and thinking, I never read that the first time. Where did that pop out? <laughs> you ever, ever been there? Where did that verse come from? And suddenly the, these, these verses were coming at me and I started to begin to understand some things. Now I remember I read it an, the next time and the following year I, I tried to challenge myself, I'm going to read it twice in the year. And I read it twice in the year and I remember things coming out and the Lord was teaching me, you know what, over time... I learned a lot more from reading my Bible. But, you know, it's just a small thing. You start off in faith and then you increase in that and you increase in knowledge. Never, never thinking that at 12 years old that eventually I'll be teaching and preaching from this very book. And I'm not saying I've arrived. There's still things that pop out that I've I've read even as I read through for whatever the time that I'm reading through it now. There's things there. But what I'm saying is the increase is a consequence. All of that was just because I just applied faith. And, you know, sometimes we teach our children little rhymes and little Sunday school songs that maybe for us it means very little because we've already gone past it. But for them, it could be the starting point of their faith journey of increase. It'll just just help them as they go through to the next season and the next challenge and the next troubles and the next offenses and the next all of that. But faith, it's, it's, it's not an instant thing. You know, for those of you who are in the habit, some would say in the bad habit, but you, recently you have the Macca's Monopoly game, right? And you know, the kids get really into it and they don't really care about the other pieces except for what? Instant win. <laughs> Why? Because all of us, there's just something in us, there's a natural desire for things that are instant. And we want, in, in the things of life, we want instant solutions. We want an instant, uh, an instant leveling up. You know, we want to pray once and then the next day we feel like we've increased in our faith. But, you know, faith not only is that it's designed to increase, but, you know, faith is actually, it's a process. And what I'm saying, faith is far, far too important not to exercise. Faith is, is too important in the Christian life and each person here, each person that has been saved, they all, we all have a potential for the Lord. We all have something to, to, to do for Christ and we have a race to run. We're supposed to, uh, to, we're supposed to attain to greater things and, and, and yet when we're confronted with a need, you know what we recognize? There's some things that are just, when it comes to faith, it's not instant. And not only is faith designed to increase, but faith is a process. Faith Increase in faith is a process. We understand that although faith is designed to increase, God's method of doing that is actually it's a process. And again, you think about the mustard seed, it's a process. Right? You don't chuck the mustard seed. It's not jack and the uh, the beanstalk, right? You put it in and over time you don't notice anything and over time you you drive past the same you walk past the same spot and suddenly there's a bit of a sprout but then eventually what you find is this this uncontrollable plant this mustard plant and you know when it comes to it with our faith we've got to be in it for the process we've got to be in it and apply faith and continue to apply faith through through the the journey of life and and the disciples' request seemed like they understood they needed it, but then they also perhaps felt like they needed it right now. And instead of, at times, understanding that faith is just some sort of maybe even magical potion or, or some sort of instant solution, what faith is, it's, it's to be applied over time. And, and faith is a process. It's the thing with increases in our faith is that it takes time and it takes repetition and at times it takes specific action even from the Lord. And, and I think that's the point of, of chapter of chapter 17, verses 7 to 10, the, the, the parable of the unprofitable servant. You know, at the end, it was his duty to do. And here, here's how we increase our faith through process. It's about keeping our duty. You know, the, the Christian life has a lot of basics, doesn't it? And we keep harping on about the basics. But so many times we we don't apply the basics and therefore we don't get the increase. You know, there's so many basics, it's keeping our duty. And yet he was an unprofitable servant. And the context, again, of the passage is is one of stewardship. It's something given that we must care for as our own. And we have this fight to fight. We have this course to finish. And we hope to keep the faith at the end and... And yet so many times we fail in the very basics. How many times do we have to be reminded to read our Bible, to pray every day, to, to reach others, to, to be in attendance as the Word of God is being preached, to, to ensure that we're, we're caring for others and all of those, those very basic, very rudimentary Very Sunday school level lessons. And yet sometimes we we have no care for those. We go about and we think, oh, well, beyond that. Hey, listen, sometimes it just comes to have you taken the basic things and have you gone back to them? Is that something that you would keep your duty to do? And we're supposed to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. That takes consistency. He he says in in, in 2 Peter chapter 1 that we're to add to our faith. And all of those things, they're they're, they're basic things that we're supposed to do as Christians. And many times we get lost in the other complications of life, and yet we're supposed to be steadfast on the basic things. Just our duty to do. How, how, How are you doing with the commandments? How are you doing with the... Your, just the expectations of God and, you know, without fanfare, you know, sometimes I think we want God to appear and cheer us on before we do anything. We want God to write us a thank you note for just doing what he expects of us. You know, you teachers, we, I see a couple of teachers out here, you know, when, you, when your student attends your class, do you write them a thank you note? No, when they're not there, you just mark them absent, (laughs) right? Because they're supposed to be there. And many times, we're just waiting on perhaps God to make a bigger deal of us over the smaller things of the Christian life and the basic things of the Christian life. You know, I'm glad if you're reading your Bible every day, but you know, the Bible is God's word to us that we're supposed to treasure and value anyway. We're supposed to be—it's supposed to be our daily bread. And you know, I'm glad. And and I'll tell you what—I'll be very grateful if our young people aspired to read their Bible in a year. But I'll tell you what—at the end of the day, that's just what we expect. You should, and you ought to. That, that's not—that's—that's not—that's not just—that's that's not, that's not, just, not a thankworthy thing. No, it's—it's it's your duty to do that. And many times we we look at those things and we bring God down to a human level and we we, we sort of go, you know, he should be so lucky for me if I, if I did that. Now listen, God deserves all of us. And God deserves all of our duty and our, all of our responsibility, all of our heart and all of our faith and trust. He deserves that. Why? Because he was willing to lay down his life for us. And so many times we want some sort of affirmation, and God is gracious at times, isn't he? I think, thank God, many times he he lets me see fruit and lets me see beyond my own frustrations. I'm so glad that there's times where God gives us a little bit of honey to get us to lighten our eyes along the way, but so many times, it's just, we're just like that unprofitable servant. We're just doing our duty. You know, the best advice I got from uh from uh, from one of my mentors is that he, he said you know you're gonna you what you are as a pastor you're a farmer and you're gonna do the monotonous things every day you're gonna read your bible you're gonna study your bible and nothing's gonna happen happen but you know along the way you're gonna look back and some things have sprouted from the ground and some things have come up and some things get harvested and some things are fruitful and and you look at all of that and and he says, but you know what the, the the secret is is you do the daily things daily. And and so many times we get lost in, in beyond that and, and, and yet we just got to get back to keeping our duty. But you know, part of it too is is just simply the context of our of our, our story here is this enduring hardships. You know, he, he's, again, Jesus starts off and he didn't hold any punches. He said there's gonna be offenses and you're gonna have to learn to forgive. And he's saying there that, that you've got to endure some hardships. That was a response that Jesus had to his disciples. And they said, we need more faith as a result. But, but here's the trick. That is the, the process of faith. You know, we're, we're talking a little, uh, again, about that, that mustard seed. And sometimes when, when something isn't quite growing like it should, what we need to do is we put some fertilizer Right, We put something that sort of enhances that and you know what God does when he's trying to help us grow is he, sometimes he has to purge us. Sometimes he has to fertilize and some, you know what God's fertilizer is? It's hardship. It's trials and testings. And he's saying there that actually if you're going to increase in faith, know this, that you're going to go through offenses. You know, I think about how many times again, how many times I've wanted to throw in the towel. <laughs> you know, that Sunday, when I got that anonymous letter outlining all of my failures of my whole life after one day of pastoring, um, I wanted to throw in the towel. My, my initial thing was, I'm going to write a letter back and I'm going to say, well, if you don't want me, blah, blah. But you know what? It was just pity party. And, and you know, there's many people in this world Have not increased in their faith because they've allowed offense to get in the way. They've been offended. They've been offended, and and the Bible tells us, "Woe to them who does the offending." And so, sometimes you know we go about, and I'm not saying that we just are careless in the way that we treat one another. And if they get offended, that's on them. Listen, there's a greater weight if you're the one causing the offense, but there's also responsibility if we're going to increase our faith to endure that hardship. You know, how many times, how many times have people just walked out of church and stopped coming because they didn't get a handshake? And I'm not saying that we just shouldn't shake hands and we shouldn't greet one. We ought to. We ought to have a, a care and a, and a love and a friendliness in our church and we ought to have a warmth and a genuine interest in others and that ought to be. But listen, He's saying that he's saying offenses will come. How many churches in their potential have been stifled because they've been offended at a decision made? And, you know, there's many things that we can, in our culture today, be very offended. And in fact, our whole, whole world is all about being offended, right? It's whoever is offended the loudest is usually right these days. But, but listen, that'll come. There's a lot of things to be offended. You know, sometimes we're offended by God. And, and there's many times where we, we, we look at it and we don't understand. And there's many times that I've, I've sat down and said, Lord, why? And there's many things that, from a human point of view, we can do to be offended. But he's saying, if you're going to increase your faith, you're going to need to endure through offenses. You're, not, you're going to be someone that just, and you know the Bible tells us, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. And I'm saying that as a person who can get offended. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm above that. There's times where I get offended. But you know, it's what I do with that. You know, many times, many times we can be offended and then quickly forgive, because that's the next thing he says. He says you could talk to someone and say, hey, brother, sister, you offended me but I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> and many times they don't even know. You know, here's sometimes the trick is they didn't even, they didn't even know you, you, you've been offended by them. And here's what we want to do. We want to stew over that. <laughs> we want to continue to. And you know what? Sometimes the best thing to do is just to forgive them anyway. Because you know what happens when you don't forgive? It's actually your weight. It's actually a weight on your mind. It's actually something that you have to carry around with you. you know there's that saying they're they're living rent free in your head <laughs> and sometimes that's what happens when when we're easily offended and we're allowing offense to stifle our growth and stifle our increase in our faith and and we're mulling over and we're allowing that to just, just grind away at any kind of semblance of joy or any semblance of, of, of warmth and fellowship that we should be offering others. Why? Because we've been offended. And I'm not saying, again, the one doing the offending, the Bible says it's better that they put a millstone around. Right? We shouldn't walk around trying to be offensive. But sometimes, just in the journey, there are offenses. And he's saying the the thing there is to forgive. And, and, you know, how many have been derailed? How many have stifled their growth? How many have not increased in their faith? Why? Because offense has gotten in the way. And forgiveness hasn't been given. And we need to endure hardships. You know, the Bible tells us in James 1.3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. In 1 Peter 1.7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, those, those endurance times, they're fertilized. It's, it's refining. And it's times like that, that actually we ought to go and we ought to see that that's part of God's exercising in our lives to increase our faith. George Mueller said this, God delights to increase the faith of his children. We ought, instead of wanting no trials before victory, no exercise for patience, to be willing to take them from God's hands as a means. I say and say it deliberately, trials, obstacles, difficulties, and sometimes defeats are the very food of faith. We should take them out of his hands as evidences of his love and care for us in developing more and more of that faith which He is seeking to strengthen in us. And I think about times in my life, at times where things really didn't make sense and times where I was really just seeking the Lord. And I had to apply a bit of faith. But you know what? Those were, when, were the times where my faith was increasing. And if you ask me today, would you go through it again? I'm not sure. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but there's, there's some that, you know praise God, He's let me overcome and I'm going, you know what? I'd probably go through it again because of what I gained from it. because at times I look back at it now and go, you know my faith has increased. And, and what at the end of it is increasing in faith is actually it's at the end your response. It's how we respond to that to all of that, to those mundane duties of, of the Christian life, to those, those times of testing and trying and the nature of faith, It's trusting in the invisible. It's that tension with the seen and unseen. And someone said, faith is to believe what we do not see. And the reward of faith is to see what we believe. And the secret to an increase in faith is simply this, to respond in faith. In Romans 1.17, he says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith, And so here's what we need to do. We need to respond in faith even in daily insignificant moments. You know, you, when you read your Bible, by faith. When you pray, by faith. When you live separated and holy, by faith. When you, when you go out and you're trying to tell someone about Christ, by faith. And faith will lead to faith. Responding daily in faith, even in significant moments. But then, secondly, respond in faith even in times when everything seems to be against you. You know, we need to take comfort in what God has given us and continue despite opposing circumstances. And he said it, offenses, it's impossible. But that offenses will come. There's going to be a lot of excuses to not increase in our faith. But they're just excuses. He's saying, yes, go through it. You, you, you have me. You, you go through his will. You see that his presence is with those that go through the trying times and the troublous times. And listen, God is with you. And we need to respond in faith even in times when everything seems to be against us. And And yet also, we need to respond in faith even when we don't understand God's intent. Because in time, we will see and with patience, we bear fruit. And so... I'd hate to give you the, the prescription. We are going to go through troubles. <laughs> how do you like that for an encouraging Sunday morning message? <laughs> Offenses will come. And you're going to want an increase in faith. But you know how you get an increase in faith? You go through it. You apply faith. You, you believe in faith. You respond in faith. And what you're going to find is there's going to be an increase there. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. And Lord, there's many things that when we look at life, the many challenges of it, the many questions at times that even can relate to that. And Lord, just the the general burden of life at times can bring us to a place of feeling overwhelmed, And Lord, we throw our hands up and we say, Lord, increase our faith. And yet, Lord, it's within within that exercise. It's within the going through, the daily duties, the things that we sometimes can feel is just insignificant and just an exercise to do. And yet, Lord, all of that and and then the hardships, the going through it, the believing in faith. Father, that's your method. That's your way. So help us, Lord, as we desire that we want to grow. Lord, there's many things we want to believe before. And so help us, Lord, to just take in day to day. Help us to take a step of faith.